Hello, good day, wherever you are on the planet. This is EAJ 1023 Radio, spot for the A-game. I host the show. My name is Winston Trumpet. Some call me Pastor Winston. And um, I'm excited to uh, be with you once again because that means that God has spared our lives. If me talking and you're listening, God's spared our life because he's not finished with us yet. He says, no, ain't no stopping them now. He still got work for us to finish, still got stuff for us to do, still wants us to have his will done on earth as it is in heaven, doing what he says. And so um, shout out to Eddie OJ and to all of the team um, that brings you the shows throughout the week. And um, I kind of want to jump straight in on the continuation of the uh Topic that we started on last week. Uh, one of our listeners had asked or requested that we do some or have a conversation surrounding um, depression during the pandemic. And um, I took the opportunity to share um, some of the aspects of just um, last week. I spoke about just some practical approaches to depression. Now, There's a difference between feeling depressed because of something that happened that you're responding or reacting to and clinical depression, which is what I'm talking about more so than just feeling the overwhelming feeling because things are getting kind of hectic. It's kind of normal to feel depressed every once in a while because circumstances and situations around us are quote unquote, depressing. But the depression that I want to talk about today, especially um, because it um, it affects so many in the church, and I'm going to speak specifically from a perspective to the church, um, from the church, because we all are the church, where the housing of the place where the Holy Spirit resides inside of us, not in the buildings that we congregate in order to have church. And I want to talk to you about some of the, um, just some aspects coming from a clinical dis- the perspective. Um, as I said, as a um, disclaimer before, I no longer work in the mental health field. Um, I've worked with many uh, mental health clients um, over the years, um, providing training, um, uh, in, especially in being, an empo- being employed while dealing with uh, mental health issues. And uh, I want, I'm going to just start talking about that, about depression from the perspective, because it's, it, it ranges, um, clinical depression ranges like from mild temporary episodes of sadness to severe and persistent depression. Now, clinical depression is the more severe form of depression, also known as major depression or major depressive disorder. It, it isn't the same as depression caused by, as I was saying, by loss, um, such as death of a loved one or a medical condition or a thyroid disorder. To diagnose clinical depressions, um, doctors and, and therapists and clinicians use um, the criteria for depressive disorder that 
is found in the DSM-5. DSM-5 is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders and is published by the American Psychiatric Association. Now, some of the signs and the symptoms may include, but just having them doesn't mean that you are clinically depressed, um, but sometimes um, the... Uh, symptoms look like uh, would be feelings of sadness, uh, tearfulness, emptiness or hopelessness, um, angry outbursts, irritability or frustration, even, even over small matters. And don't jump on any of these and just say, oh, you got that clinical. The, the, you know, let a doctor tell, <laughs> tell them, right? But it could be a sign that they need to see someone about that. A lot of times um, people suffering from this have a loss of interest or pleasure in most or all normal activities, sex, hobbies, sports, um, sleep disturbances are common, including insomnia or sleeping too much, tiredness and a lack of energy. So even some small tasks take extra effort, um, reduced in appetite and weight loss, increased cravings for food and weight gain. It can go on others two different sides of that equation. Um, feeling of ag agitation or restlessness, slow thinking, speaking or bodily movements, feelings of, of worthlessness or guilt, fixating on past failures or self-blame, trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions and remembering things and frequent or recurrent thoughts of death, suicidal thoughts, suicidal attempts, or even suicide itself, and unexplained physical problems such as back pain or headaches. Now, sometimes the symptoms are, are usually severe enough to cause noticeable problems in relationships with others or in day-to-day -day activities such as work, school, or social activities. And, and, and listen, it can affect people of any age, including children, but the symptoms, even if they severe, they, they have a chance to improve if we get the right help. Psychological counseling, um, antidepressant medications, or a combination of the two. And that's the reason why I want to talk to the church today about um, diagnosing or our our just our point of view and and i'm making a blanket statement that doesn't cover everyone so don't be offended um i am speaking only facts um from two aspects from my own personal experiences which is my testimony, which is true, I'm declaring, and, and also from the experiences of others who I've counseled um, through um, episodes where, because um, they were in the body of Christ, they felt a stigmatism when it came to discussing um, this area that they, or this struggle that they were having with clinical um, depression. You know, um, it, it tends to be, um, for me, uh, depression and its cousin anxiety um, tend to be some of those touchy subjects that are tough to tackle from a Christian perspective. It's, it's, it's not complicated because the illnesses themselves are so complex, manifesting themselves in so many different ways, but also because perspectives about mental disorders vary greatly throughout the church. And, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not painting 
painting the church with broad strokes. The incorrect beliefs about mental illness are pervasive throughout our culture. But however, some of the churchy misconceptions about clinical depression and anxiety spring from a genuine desire to understand them scripturally. It's necessary to generalize a bit now to understand these attitudes. There are things well-meaning Christians tend to get wrong when it comes to this area of clinical depression. And of course, there is information (laughs) all over the place. You just Google it, but you also have to check the source, right, about anxiety and depression that can be summed up. Uh, There's more information than what I can sum up in in one half-hour talk with you, so it's certainly worth doing more research on the subject, especially if you're a helper, if you're a pastor, if you're um, one of the clergy, um, especially when people come to you. Um, And I know that we are going to give them the word of God on a scriptural basis, but giving someone with diabetes a scriptural um, antidote um, and not making sure that they to get the insulin is not helping them, it's actually hurting them. Right. No more so than than you would, you know, do heart surgery um, unless you are a, a, a heart surgeon. Then we shouldn't give mental health advice if we're not mental health specialists. Um, we're, we're pastors. We're called to be spiritually grounded and guide people spiritually to God um, to deal with different aspects of really with all aspects of living here. But we also have to be wise enough to know what we don't know and don't think we're supposed to know because we have a responsibility as a pastor, apostle, etc. You get what I'm saying. See, because depression... If I, depression isn't um, what the church sometimes make it out to be. It's it's not a character defect. It's not a spiritual disorder or an emotional dysfunction. And chief of all, listen, it's not a choice. Asking someone to not be depressed is tantamount to asking someone who's been shot to not bleed. Is it, it can be dangerous that attitude. Um, to appear as if the church would say, oh, oh, if only you had enough faith, you know, the Lord is going to fix your thinking. You know, he, gonna, he gave you a new mind and a new heart. And, 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 and so what happens then, the, 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 the Christians regarding when it comes to matters of healing, having faith in God's ability to heal, I have it. It's hugely important. It's a fact of God's relationship with us. Um, and personal faith can help ease depression. But to deny medical or psychiatric treatment to someone suffering from mental illness is really no different than denying them to someone with a physical illness. The difference between the two is that the former, the depression, is invisible. Speaking of the invisible, some faith traditions are quick to suggest demonic attack as a cause for depression. And while I'm convinced that there's definitely a spiritual element, the enemy will exploit any weakness, medical science holds that major depressive disorder is real and the causes are manifold. I believe that some of you listening now may suffer for it, but because of the stigmatism that you haven't even divulged that or became transparent about it because for feeling that people will question your faith. And so you stay within the sickness and then blame maybe your own lack of faith or God's punishment on you. And that is not the relationship that God 
God wants us to have with him. All right. So it's about getting help because mental illness is not a sin. Yes, sins in the past, like um, physical abuse, substance abuse and neglect may contribute to, to depression. And these sins often continue as coping mechanisms to those suffering from mental illnesses. Yet this doesn't make the sufferer of depression and anxiety a sinner simply for experience the crushing effects of our condition. I say our condition. I'll explain a little bit later. What happens when mental illness is treated as unconfessed, unaddressed sin is called alienation. Viewing depression as a sin in and of itself prevents individuals from seeking treatment. It also ignores the fact that many Christians may respond to depression in unhealthy ways if the root cause is ignored and misunderstood. Now, the Bible doesn't provide easy answers. It's not categorized like you can say, look up clinical depression and let's see what God has to say about it. The word is full of wisdom and encouragement for those of us suffering from depression and anxiety disorders, but it doesn't come in like a one verse dose, right? Be anxious for nothing, you know, um, don't worry about your life can easily be taken out of context, which is problematic first and importantly, doing so failed so appropriately handle scripture carelessly misconstruing the larger intent of the passage and another really scary thing this does is it can convince a person in the worst uh worst worst battle of their illness that they're not obeying god that something's wrong in their relationship with god add that to what feels like the inability just to be every, every breath hurts and getting out of bed is impossible the world seems like an extremely scary place out of the clear blue sky and what we end up doing sometimes, saints, even though we're well-meaning and we mean well, we've end up throwing gasoline onto the fire. See, a true examination of depression and anxiety in the Bible shows the existential dread that accompanies the illnesses instead of an easy out, one undone antidote. God's hand isn't always apparent. Um, I was looking through some articles and uh, there's an author in, in Christianity Today. His name is Dan Blazer and he points pointed out that most of us have no idea what David meant when he further lamented, I am forgotten by them as though I were dead. Severe depression is, is, is often beyond description. Rather than prescribing a bit of a verse divorced from its context, the better strategy is to look at those instances of mental suffering along with the church body and to offer comfort in the fact that even saints have struggled uh, with anxiety and depression. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to do a part three on this series next week, and I'm going to actually um, preach slash teach from the word of God, from a specific uh, place that's going to point out to you God dealing with a man that is struggling with depression and how God and how, he, how they worked together through this, because God will work with you. He'll work with you. He'll give you the tools that you need. He'll help you. He's our ever-present help in times of trouble, right? Now, I suffer, suffered, and still suffer at times, not as much as I used to, because um, I've been dealing with this for many, many years, about almost three decades or so, almost four decades or so, with clinical depression, um, I've, I've had um, everything from substance abuse issues, 
um, suicidal thoughts, anxiety off the chain, isolation, um, and, 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 and so many other things that even talking about it starts to make me feel depressed, not clinically depressed, just the normal depression, just thinking about it. But I thank God for, um, giving men around me wisdom, um, doctors and therapists and psychiatrists and the medications that, um, they, for a couple of years, it was touch and go. Let's see if this work. It was like, okay, yeah, that's right. Because remember, man has to practice medicine. Only God performs <laughs> and but but we did find a good mix for me you know we found that um prozac helped with the depression slash anxiety um i'm i'm my depression when it hits me um doesn't make me um feel like it makes me feel like covering up and going to sleep but i can't sleep i suffer from insomnia like so bad that you know i'd be so tired so tired because i couldn't sleep at all and so I, I was given Ambien, which um, helped greatly with me going to sleep. Now I don't take either of those two drugs. Um, I actually take melatonin every once in a while when I feel that I'm going to be up and I need to sleep. And um, I deal with my um, clinical depression using a um, over-the-counter serotonin enhancer called SAM-E. Um, and I found that those helped me, not because I have anything against the medication themselves. I just wanted a healthy, um, uh, natural, not healthy, natural alternative to them. And speaking with my therapist team and my uh, psychiatric team helped me to um, evaluate what could work. We gave it a try. And here I am, you know, um, a good many years later um, without having to deal with that, even though I still talk to my my therapist and still see my psych psychiatrist okay um and in the past when i've opened up to christian friends about my own depression and anxiety disorder they're often surprised you, you seem so happy all the time pastor you know you're on time you're a man of god you know you know you got the word richly in you oh you don't you don't suffer from no depression the devil is a liar don't speak that into existence pastor and that's all well-meaning but so out of place so unrealistic you know, and I, we serve a real God for real people with real problems and real issues. Right. And, 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 and so depressed people, you know, like me become really good at hiding our symptoms, even from doctors because of the stigma attached to the illnesses and churches often don't address mental illness, which gives the worship team leader or the elder or the deacon even more incentive to keep it hidden away. And furthermore, the symptoms of depression or often tend to contradict each other, which makes it really difficult for a person suffering from depression to recognize it for what it is, let alone for the church to recognize it. So learning to recognize the signs then is often a failing strategy. If churches begin responding to mental disorders as a community, willing to offer encouragement and support, people suffering from these illnesses may just be able to accept the help. It may 
may just be people that you never expected. Come on out the closet. Come on out the closet, saints. Let's talk about our, 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 these 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 emotions uh, um, gone awry, and 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 let's disconnect from it having to do with us not having a good enough relationship with God, and not about right reading your Bible like you should, and some of these other well-meaning things that really lead us to continue to have um, the issue and never deal with it the way God intended us to do. You see, strong churches, I believe, and this is 100% Winston 101. Um, we, we don't, we, we, we know better than to try to fix depression. Somebody stumbles into the church and, and, or, or, or while we're there falls over, um, and, 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 and can't breathe or, 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 or is holding on to their heart. Yes, we know CPR helps, but it helps to hold until real help comes. Real help from a medical professional. We'll pray to God and call 911. That would be the wise thing to do. Is not because we don't believe God can heal him. Yes, he can. But we're going to call 911 because we know that that is the help that God placed available to us. That if we don't use that, then we're tempting God. Uh, and, and we have to be careful about that, saints. All right. The, the, the most Christ loving and helpful community of church community might, might not have the appropriate framework for dealing with such clinical disorders. And many churches don't have licensed psychologists on the staff, even though there are Christian minds is Christian licensed licensed psychologists on this on uh, that, that that's their job and pastoral staff can be ill-equipped to deal with depression and ear toward a scriptural solution rather than psychological or medical treatment which can be disastrous disastrous and and so I, I I'm hoping that um, you know as the time goes by and as years go by and as the pandemic helps raise up um, the 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 the, uh, the 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 situation bring it to the forefront even in our own homes um, the feeling of depression due to the and the anxiety due to the circumstances that we're in as as a, as a planet right now that also the discussion that we can have about the need for us um, leaders in the church to get some education right to take some time to learn about the people in our congregation and learn about the different um, aspects of what they could be dealing with and and get a list of people to refer them to. You're not going to read a book on, on, on heart surgery and be able to perform surgery in, in the pastor's office next week. You shouldn't do that. If you're thinking about do that, then you really need to see someone because you got mental health issues and I'm saying it, yes so, but the truth of the matter is is that we need to take strong responsibility in this area that I'm speaking of um, here even churches that seek to provide a safe haven for those suffering in their midst um, might not have what I'd call a judgment free zone or place to discuss their struggles um, programs that that work within churches like celebrate recovery can provide an invaluable forum for people to interact with others who experience hurts, habits, and hangups, and, and can help uh, deal with some of the self-medication many people with depression and anxiety use to numb themselves. With, without a carefully planned strategy to deal with mental illnesses, saints, though, um, through, though all are welcome, 
it might not be enough. Healing comes from a prayerful, loving community that seeks to truly understand major depressive disorder and related condition and one that develops a positive response, positive response that includes the help of those who really know what they're talking about when it comes to this. Now, most churches probably have the very best intentions, and I know we do because we want all to be healed. We have the strong belief, and we should, in the faith that, that in the faith that we can have in Christ who can heal us from all of our diseases, of all of our illnesses. But if that were tantamount if that was tantamount, then there would not be one saint dying from sugar diabetes. There'd be not one saint dying from cancer. There'd be one, not one saint dying from from the clinical depression and 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 the result of, of a suicide. There wouldn't be not one saint dying from any physical illness because God would heal them, unless we believe that all of those good. God-fearing people that died from some of the illnesses and more than I've talked about just didn't have enough faith to be healed. And I, and I think you can see the problem with that. That's totally throwing um, a, a, a monkey wrench into um, the Bible-based truth is that God can heal, but he doesn't always heal. Because you see, this life that we're living here was not meant to be lived forever. And death came through sin. And so death is, is, is a reality. And the way we die is not our choice, but death comes. There's only one aspect that I, uh, gives me hope when it comes to death. It's that I might not die. And you and I, if you're listening to this, you might not die if you're saved. It says that we will not all sleep, but we will all be transformed. That in the twinkling of an eye, that the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we, after who are alive, will be transformed and the corruptible will take on the incorruption. I'm paraphrasing, but you know where I'm talking about there in Thessalonians there. So that's the, the reality of it, that this in this physical skin, this body that we live in, um, that is cursed to pay the penalty for the flesh. Let's be real help to our brothers and sisters that struggle um, in the mind due to lack of serotonin, due to um, a chemical imbalance, not a fault of their own, not a choice, not something that they're making up or looking for an excuse. Um, clinical depression is real. And yes, even more so now, we can see that um, with the COVID going on, with the COVID going on, you could see um, that depression itself is is on a rise. You know, um, there's there's a variety, you know, of many triggers, and we're in the midst of many triggers right now. You know, um, there's there's traumatic trauma, stressful life events. Um, you know, bereavement, divorce, illness, redundancy. There, there's so much when when it comes to um, 
to, to these uh, different aspects. And what we need to do is guide people to the help that's there for them that God made um, available to them. They're, now, these things that trigger um, clinical depression um, are not the cause of clinical depression. Bereavement, divorce, illnesses, job or money worries are not the cause of clinical depression. They can't make you feel depressed. But they can be, um, uh, what's the word that I want to use? They, they can trigger, they can trigger the illness, right? Um, sometimes there's family history involved. Um, there, there's, there's, there's so many different um, aspects to this that, you know, getting the right information and then taking the right actions is what we're responsible for. Okay. So God bless you. You know, like I always like to shout out to you, Eddie, thank you for the, for the heart that you have, you know, to give us this platform, you know, to, uh, express ourselves to the listeners. Um, may God be with you in all your endeavors and all that you do. Um, everyone listening, um, you know, hit us up, hit, you know, the EAJ 1023, um, radio phone number is on, is on, is on the website, uh, along with, um, you know, place for you to drop a note or to let us know, um, what you talk about. And next week, by God's grace, God willing, as long as he keep me here, I have a, a sermon that God put on my heart that I think will, um, it encouraged me just, um, you know, because I always have to deal with what God puts on my heart about me first. And uh, yeah, it encouraged me greatly to um, understand um, God's interaction with a man that was severely depressed. And so with that in mind, Please remember that you can and should be blessed on purpose. He who began the good work in you, he will be sure to perform it even to the days of Christ Jesus. And until then, ain't no stopping us. Let's keep on moving forward into the greater things that God has called us to. And in this day and age, let us be the light and the salt of this earth and lead people and guide people to true deliverance from their sins that can be found in a relationship with God through his dear son, Jesus Christ, where we will be empowered and indwelled by the Holy Spirit and lead a life of victory. Amen and amen.